Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the TheMediaByUs.com. Joining me today is Brett. Hi. Brett. Yeah. On today's podcast, we're talking about what we've been watching and then going through maybe some week's film news in a segment we have definitively now called Breezy on the Streets. Breezy on the Streets. Breezy on the Streets. And it is literally breezy on the streets today. Yeah, it feels some, great outside. Some breezy day yeah. today. But first, we're talking about what we've been watching. I'll jump right on in. Does anyone want to go first? One <laughs> TV show and uh, <clears throat> and two movies. Movies I watched. I watched uh, the new Darren Aronofsky flick, Mother, in the theater. It was um, a movie will be polarizing once it's seen by more people. I do like their current campaign is embracing how divisive the movie is. I mean, there's one poster where it's like. Jennifer Lawrence's normal face, and then I guess she gets beat up or something. Like, her oh, yeah, yeah. other side of the face is trashed, and it's like, this film is repugnant. <laughs> like, <laughs> non stop grotesque. <laughs> and the other side is like, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to watch and hard to talk about with people who haven't seen it, but it's, it's, uh, it's bizarre. It's just one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a movie. And it's just that for two hours, too. It doesn't, like, escalate to the craziness. It's just batshit crazy from the get-go. I remember you saying that there's, like, no music in, like, the first hour. There's just, like, a low droning hum the whole time. Yeah, like, kind of rumbles your seat in the theater. Yeah. It's real annoying. And then to the point where it stops about halfway through, and it's, like, a sigh of relief when the seat stops shaking. Mm, But that'd be a good movie for, like, the 4D HD. They have 4D theaters now. That'd be a good movie for that, Mother... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> like things that come out of the ceiling. Nope. No, like bats on strings. <laughs> <laughs> the good like piano sting. <laughs> it's like the, you're just like the cheapest 40 theater in existence. Yeah. All four of them are fantastic in the movie. though. Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, Javier Bardem, and J Law. Did you enjoy it? I liked it. I liked it. I saw it with um, my girlfriend Cassandra and a friend of the cast Al, and all three of us liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be your kind of thing. Like, I almost want to say you have to be an Aronofsky fan. Only because if you don't like the craziness in his previous movies, there's no way in hell you're going to like this one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It had some weird um, actors in it, though. Uh, Kristen Wiig plays, she'd be like fifth build, probably. Hmm. She was interesting. And then, I um, can't remember his name. Who's the black son from The Leftovers? I don't remember. The guy who played Johnson, the pre- mm-hmm. like the yeah. preacher-to-be? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't know that actor's name. He's in it too. He's a good, good actor. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what to say about Mother. I definitely recommend it to anybody just because it's so crazy. It'll be fun to talk about, but uh, it's it's something. I really want to see it. I'd be interested in, in talking full spoilers with someone after I watch it. Yeah, that's kind of what you need to do with it because <clears throat> well, the thing is, you don't even know what's a spoiler and what isn't. Yeah. It's so like convoluted and dug out that you're just you don't really know what's relevant and what's not. Very mm-hmm. allegorical, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's real hard to... You can take different readings out of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a blog I'd read that has, similar to us, it's got like three or four different viewers. They all went and saw it, and they all wrote their own like take on what it was, and they were all four completely different hmm. on, on what it meant, what the theme was. Hmm. Nice. Which makes sense why some people don't like it, because it's fucking hard to follow. Yeah. But like, Al and I saw something that was not at all what Cassandra saw, and we were convinced we were all right. And then after talking to Cass about it for a while, it's like, oh, I see exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I thought it was super interesting as far as a film goes. Woke your mind up a little bit. Uh, and then last night I saw one of my favorite movies on the big screen. Uh, the old theater in Atlanta was showing The Shining. And Cass and I went and watched it. It was the first time I'd ever seen it on a big screen. 
fan-fucking-tastic. Cool. Every time I think of that now, I think of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, where they do the shinning. Where they say, like, are you sure you pronounce it like that? It's like, legally we're obligated to say the shinning. Uh, Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, doesn't he, he dies the Jack Torrance death in The Simpsons? I thought about that last night when it does the hard cut from Jack sitting down in the maze mm-hmm. to the next day and him like being frozen over. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the most unique thing about the movie being on the big screen? The sound. Nice. Sound was fantastic. Stuff that I don't think you can hear on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the camera work was really, really neat sure. on the screen, too. The, uh, him with the axe hitting the door. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Kubrick does that like violent mm-hmm. and follows the axe mm-hmm. in. That on a movie screen is works better than it does on a TV. So you have to move your head kind yeah. of to follow it. But yeah, the, the sound was the thing that jumped out the most to me. I think, Super loud. I think that's the thing that I enjoy the most about going to the theater is the sound more than the picture. Yeah. It's like, I, I will pay the premium for IMAX for, like, big budget action movies just because, like, I want to feel, like, my, my chest cavity rumble yeah. when there's, like, a TIE fighter screaming across the, the screen. It's also The Shining's a movie that lends itself to focus more than a lot. Yeah. So, being forced to, like, be off your phone and not be able to get up and walk around the house while you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Right. And watching that. Yeah. It's really good. Super creepy. The, the big scary scenes were more scary than they were on the TV with all the lights on. Did you ever watch the documentary Room 237 about yeah. all the crazy theories? Yeah. Do you have any any of those in mind when you see it? Because I haven't seen it since I saw that documentary. And yeah. There's some pretty bogus out there things, like you're wanting to interpret some of the things. Yeah, some of them seem like, some of them make sense, right? Because you assume, you know, you, you have to assume with somebody like Kubrick that he's doing all, like everything's done with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only stretches so far, like the furniture moving, like being different and like, cutbacks mm-hmm. like he's doing that on purpose right. he knows where the furniture was he's doing that's to say something he's too meticulous right or like the parking lot completely different from one scene to the next like that's on purpose but like Danny wearing a Apollo 11 sweater means that Kubrick filmed the moon landing like whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, chill out that's just him boys love space <laughs> yeah like it's fine I did read a lot about the uh, so in the book it's a dog suit in the scene where Shelly Duvall's running away with finds mm-hmm. the, the gay couple um, and he changes it to a bear and there's a lot of bear foreshadowing that I saw this time through like bears always lying around Danny in the beginning bears on the wall bears on his clothes I don't know I don't know what I think about that or what it means but there was a lot of bears I saw <laughs> I've seen lots of bears that's a nice pull quote I've seen lots of bears <laughs> right on the poster for the movie. <laughs> I've seen lots of bears. The media by us. Right next to this movie is repugnant. <laughs> there were bears. Yeah, I know that, that it's one of your favorites, right? You like it a good bit? I like it a good bit. And Chris loves it. Mm-hmm. Brent's not as high on it as we are, I don't think. But Would you would you recommend that people see it? Yeah. And I really would recommend that you go see it on the big screen if you ever have the chance. That was a super cool experience. Um, I'm going to try to do that more at the Plaza. They do that pretty often. We're going to go see Halloween on Sunday, the original Halloween. That'll be fun. Cool. We got a trailer for it. <laughs> it was the original trailer? Yeah. Nice. That was cool. I always like when you go cool. to like classic older movies and they show the trailer package or like a similar one that came with it. Yeah, we got a couple <clears throat> of weird Italian horror trailers, too, with The Shining. Um, I think Sandra said from Argento. Yeah. Yeah. The demon-y. And we mean... Cass have watched Suspiria 
fairly recently. He likes Suspiria. Go see Mother, I guess. That's the closest movie I've seen okay. that, that's similar to Mother. You just don't really know what's going on. I did like Suspiria. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I watched those two movies, and then uh, I watched a TV show. I know Chris has started watching it, too, but I am caught up. I watched the season two premiere of This Is Us. Uh, show's fantastic. Really good. Yeah. Like, surprisingly good. It's it's one of the few shows where it, like, won a bunch of awards at the Emmys, and I was like, I'm going to check it out. I don't think the Emmys have ever really influenced my choices before, <laughs> yeah. but it just, like, it beat out all these great actors and great shows, and I was like, there's got to be something to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started watching it, and it's just like a feelings bomb. Every episode has this, like, really painful but blissful arc to it. That is, <clears throat> there's some Schadenfreude that's just really fulfilling, and then there's just some genuinely happy moments about family. Pretty much, it's not. I mean, like writing's not amazing, and the story's <clears throat> not fantastic. The story's cool. Yeah, the acting is superb, and uh, Sterling K. Brown is amazing. He's very good. He's a good actor. What about Milo? He's great. Mandy Moore's great. Mandy Moore's got like surprising chops. You just forget that mm-hmm. she can act every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, I wonder if they wrote the part about her singing for her. Or because they had her, they wrote a singing part. Yeah, I don't know. Well, her daughter can sing too, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, that makes me think it was probably part of the part of the plot, part yeah. of the audition. Yeah, right. I don't know if I recommend this as us to everybody because it is a like verge of tears, pretty much every episode kind of drama. Um, but I've never watched a show like that before, really. Not my first go at it. Not like I'm a, enjoying it. Not like, like a, a basic cable drama. Not like that. Like I never watched Parenthood or Parent, yeah, I've heard Parenthood yeah. like that. Yeah, well, it's a it's, it's a very relatable show too because you've got. It's, it's four people and their relationship with themselves and their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have lots of different perspectives that are just as important as the next. Just not to... If you don't know anything about the show, you know, it has a black actor as one of the protagonists. Not protagonists. It's so stupid. We're talking about a family drama. <laughs> Black actor is a family member with his white siblings, right. so there's that means that there's something for everyone, but <laughs> black and white people. Yeah, there's black and white. We've got everything. <laughs> no other people can watch it. <laughs> yeah, if it's it's fun. I'd, I'd recommend it. It is it is very very sad at times, but and judging by my Facebook feed over the last year or so, it's um, it's not going away. Yeah, well, no, I was going to say, it's one of those, it might be network TV's closest thing to a, uh, like a water cooler show. Mm. Just because mm. it, every night that that show airs, there are people commenting about it on Facebook. Yeah. People make posts about it, and that doesn't happen for 99% of network TV shows. Well, right. The Walking Dead is starting back soon, so. <laughs> so it will replace the This Is Us conversation. Yeah, for, for cable folk. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for me. Uh, I'll go, I'll, there's only a couple things I want to talk about. Um, but, uh, no, I watched the 2016 French film Elle, uh, starring Isabelle Huppert, and... She? She. She? Her? <laughs> her. Is it she or is it her? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know French. Well, I had to have the cut, subtitles cut on during down. Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also Elle. Um, How bourgeois. Yeah, no. It was, it was, it was, it's really good. I don't want to go really into plot details because it's the kind of movie, it's the kind of plot where I'm almost just scared to even try to describe the plot because it's going to come off. I, I don't feel like I can do it justice. Do you know what I mean? TJ, oh, yeah, yeah. TJ has seen it and it's the kind of movie where it's like, I feel like if I describe the plot, despite being accurate, I can, I will sound insensitive in yeah. some way. <laughs> so, uh. Wait, so this was one of the movies you wanted to talk about? <laughs> well, yeah, I just don't. Wanna, I don't want to describe the plot, but I do. Right. I definitely want to yeah. let people know that uh, it is uh, rapey. <laughs> sure, that's a word for it, rapey. But 
Yeah, it's a really good movie. And uh, looking back now, I know we when we did our roundtable for the Oscars this year, we we did our who do we think should win part. I had not seen this movie, and uh, I picked Natalie Portman for Jackie, I think, was my vote for who should win. Uh, now I would change it to Isabel Huppert. I thought she was better than Emma Stone or Natalie Portman. Yeah, I had Emma Stone third and Jackie and Natalie Portman first, but Isabel Huppert was fantastic yeah it's it's an incredible performance um and also just a a really engaging movie in that like in that you are uh like i i kind of wondered like is this going to be a chore to sit through and, and watch and from the beginning you are just hooked and it's uh it's directed by paul verhoven he's got a good touch for like thriller movies and uh it's definitely that some people psychological swear thriller. by him like, just think he's the greatest, greatest director ever. But I'd recommend checking out L. I think I watched it on Stars. It's streaming on Stars now, mm-hmm. but find it, I'm sure, streaming somewhere. Other than that, I started a TV show that I'd never seen before. It's called The 100. Anybody familiar with I've The 100? Is that like based on like a Stephen King short story? Or no, it's it, it is based on a novel. The planet that's similar to Earth. Yes, it is Earth. So it's okay. it's about. I watched the first few episodes. When yeah, out. it's ninety-seven years after a nuclear holocaust. Mm-hmm. All of remaining humans are in a space station that orbits Earth. It's called the Ark. The Ark is basically starting to break down and become in, uninhabitable, and so they send one hundred juvenile delinquents, basically as guinea pigs, down to Earth. Hmm. to see if Earth is inhabitable again. Obviously it is, otherwise it wouldn't be a TV show, because the kids would all just die in the first ten minutes of yeah. the first episode. But uh, faces melted off. So it's about the kids kind of setting up, and some are some are not really delinquents as much as they are maybe political prisoners. Okay. And then others are some like legit bad people. They're, they're 100 expendables. Mm-hmm. It's about the kids on Earth basically kind of trying to set up their own society and then they I don't think it's a it's too much of a spoiler for a show from 4 years ago that this is spoiled in the first episode but they they run into they find out that there are tribes of humans still on earth that's right you know it's about them kind of learning about that interacting it reminds me in a lot of ways oh and there's also still like up on the ark there's still stuff going on in the the mm-hmm. first season there it reminds me of Battlestar Galactica in a lot of ways I can see that yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's got that feel. I will say that if anyone wants to start watching it, and it's on, it's available on Netflix. I will say the first few episodes are a bit of a slog because it's they get I think a lot of teenage actors who are fairly new that they're learning how to act. They're settling in to yeah, their roles yeah. a little bit, and probably so, delivering a lot of exposition too. It's a yeah. It's like, well, as we all know, ninety-seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of overacting in those first like four or five episodes, and it's it's kind of irritating, but. Uh, yeah, don't feel bad for quitting after three episodes. Yeah, no, it's it, once it once it hits about halfway through mid, uh, the first season, and the first season's not terribly long. It's a CW show, but the first season is only thirteen episodes. But after it hits uh, about the midway point, it it starts picking up steam, and it's it's pretty good. And uh, apparently, uh, I've only watched the first season, but apparently the like Rotten Tomato scores are like hundred percent for every other season. <laughs> And it's just the first season that's not as well received. Well received. So it's, it's got a pretty devoted cult following. Um, I know that there is a couple panels at Dragon Con that were hundred based. Yeah, it was. Uh, I actually started watching it because I thought, for some reason, I thought my mom watched the show because it seems like the kind of thing mm-hmm. my mom would enjoy. Then I found out she, after I watched the first season, I found out she watched some other show with a number in the <laughs> title, maybe like the forty four hundred or something. Yeah. And so. 
Or 700 Club. Yeah, so I excitedly <laughs> said, hey, Mom, I caught up on, or not, not caught up, but I, I started the 100 finally, and she was like, great. <laughs> good, 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 good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do recommend it. 30 that years that, old, stop telling me everything. <laughs> there's, at least, there's at least a few... Uh, there's at least a few seasons on Netflix. I'm not sure if, if every... I doubt the fourth season's available because it just ended like a month and a half, two months ago. Four seasons are available. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Four seasons. See dub don't fuck around. So, I like to chop up my TV viewing a little bit, like so I, I may take a little break from it now. And I like waiting between seasons a little bit because when I binge shows, I, I realize that I lose that feeling of waiting for the new season. Yeah, that, I hate that, that feeling. Uh, but I, I kind of... Well, I like con- I like it when I can control it a little bit. So, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm gonna wait I'll wait a little bit and still uh, I recommend it. It's a good show. Cool. And that's it. I have a kind of long watch list, and I asked DJ if I should do it this way, and he said no. Talk about them. Uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna do it anyway. I watched ten movies. Yes. Do we guess the ten? No, this he's gonna not gonna like talk a, about it all. Is this gonna be like a David yet. Letterman top ten list? No. Oh. I was going to read them out. And see which ones you guys wanted me to talk about. <laughs> Knowing that TJ's answer might be all. No, I'll just I'll I'll, I'll be quick. Um, you can do your game. I like it. So I watched Little Evil. It was uh, it's the Adam Scott. I definitely want to hear about this because shit, who's the female lead? Uh, Evangeline Lilly, kind of satire horror movie. Um, kind of like a funny The Omen movie. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's. <laughs> That's one of the things you said it was like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it was 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like the only one up there with Get Out and The Big Sick. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> um, turns out just because it hasn't really been reviewed by that many people, uh, its score is probably going to settle somewhere in like the mid fives on Metacritic or uh, IMDb. But I thought it was really funny. It's the Tucker and Dale vs. Evil director, uh, writer and director. I like that movie. It's, yeah, it's got some, it's like a tropey plot. Adam Scott marries Evangeline Lilly, who already has this child, who is the spawn of Satan. Um, <laughs> not literally, but basically. It's, the movie's about him trying to bond with his stepson. Not about like these evil powers <laughs> that his son has. <laughs> And he goes to like a stepdad's anonymous meeting, and there's a great like tertiary cast of people in the stepdad's anonymous group who are like his support squad. But it's really funny. It's got definitely the the, the look and feel of Tucker and Dale. Fun. It's like an hour and a half long. It's is, it's good. Perfect is, release around Halloween. Is it a Netflix movie? Yeah, Netflix original. Cool. But yeah, that's that's probably what I'm most excited. I know a lot of Christmas watch lists. That's probably the one I'm most excited about. Yeah. There's a, there's a part where. That I just think it's funny that they're like, uh, like you have to take him to hallowed ground. It's like, well, you can take him to the water park. It's like, he said hallowed ground. Like, yeah, a water park is hallowed ground. <laughs> <laughs> but lots, lots of stupid jokes like that. Um, but I would recommend it at least to this group because we all we all like Tucker and Dale. Yeah, um, I like Tucker and Dale more, yeah. but a fun. And why are you throwing that around? I don't know. I really like Adam uh, Adam Scott too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he he plays the straight man really well, which is why it's weird thinking back that like Step Brothers, he played like the douchebag yeah. brother. He's so good in that, though. Yeah, but I, I like him in that role now because to me it feels so unbelievable after just knowing him as like Parks and Rec. It's like uh, it's like Bradley Cooper as Sack in right. uh, Wedding Crashers. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right after he played the like lovable guy in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, no, <laughs> Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch, yeah. Another Same movie, magic. but worse. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, I'll, I'll get this one. I'll do the throat clearing. I watched a Mark Maron stand special, Too Real. I don't know if you guys are Mark Maron fans. I am. Um, I'm super excited. I like his interviews, but I always skip past him talking. Yeah. So I'm not that big a fan of his 
standalone comedy. You don't like yeah. cats. Right. <laughs> well, it's very Mark Maron. It's very him walking around the stage, wiping his forehead, and worrying about the future and if he's going to die soon. So if you like Mark Maron, you like that stuff, and you'll like this. Does, does he talk about his cats? Yes. Because I love it when he talks about his cats. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, that's, stand-up specials are so hard to recommend. Um, if you don't like a comedian, you don't like a comedian. Right. Um, do we uh, do we all watch Glow? I did. I did. <laughs> Prince, uh, put out your torch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Mark Maron. I mean, it's I've seen his other ones that are on Netflix. It's it's up there. I mean, it's not like fantastic, but it's it's good. He's great in Glow, by the way. That's why I asked. I wasn't, yeah. wasn't just a complete. <laughs> I was confused because I was thinking about like I I do remember that he's in Glow. Yeah. Now, but that, I did hear that, but. We were talking about it's it, when Chris said it's so hard to recommend stand-up specials to people. You're like, yeah, has everyone seen Glow? It's <laughs> like I don't think I know what Glow's about. <laughs> uh, I also watched Death Note, the Netflix oh, movie. I saw that. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not great, but no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I heard it described on another podcast as that the. The director clearly read the manga or watched the anime mm-hmm. and has respect for it, but really wanted to make a Final Destination movie. Yeah, that's... I'm sure they would have let him <laughs> if he wanted to make a ninth Final <laughs> Destination movie. But it's okay. You know, I'm not I'm not a fan of comparing things to their source material. I think that if you enjoy the source material, uh, go watch that again or read that again. Sure. Agreed. I guess my big question, like the one thing... One word that kind of describes it to me is unnecessary. What is what is the point of it? I have a hard my question. Like what <sighs> what are ever the motivations for making a, any kind of movie? Like why is Marvel making movies? Well, it's in the context of readapting material or remaking it. Yeah, is it just to remake it? Well, Marvel's are doing you... it to to make money and, and to retell these stories. Yeah. yeah also, but... I think you're working on the assumption that people make movies and know they suck <laughs> when they make them. Their idea is to make a good movie that'll like stand the test of time and be loved by everybody. That's what everybody's goal is when they start to make anything, right? So, like, yeah, you, I don't care if people keep making Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Eventually, they might make a good one, and that'll be awesome. It's got to be the worst feeling, though, like halfway through production when you when the people start to realize, like, oh, oh this, this, this is yeah. really, like that Fantastic Four feeling, yeah, where it's like that movie sucked before they were done rapping. We're yeah. making a horrible movie, <laughs> and I don't know what to do. I guess we have to finish. <laughs> with an adaptation of Death Note and translating it to Seattle and making it now, which is like a passion of his, there's something purposeful about it. Rather, like Fantastic Four was a con- almost a contractual obligation. They would lose the rights to the Fantastic Four unless mm-hmm. they made it. True. Mm-hmm. And some Marvel stuff is like they have slots for movies. Yeah. Um, something like a remake of, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything new you're trying to say about it? Or anything interesting, or are you the person to do it? Your, de- your description reminds me of the adaptation of The Dark Tower this summer a little bit. Just sort of like, why this? And why? What is the point of this? I have an answer for both of them because fans of the properties were fucking screaming for it. And then they got someone who they thought would do a good job to yeah. adapt it, and they made it, and it wasn't what people wanted. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's just trying to do a good, like, trying to do a good thing in that, like, there are so many good adaptations that, that get made and you know it's a studio saying well we can do that let's do it with this property and you just have the people who make the decisions making just bad calls here yeah. and there yeah yep that's all it is but 
also didn't think it was as bad as everyone said. People are saying I, that it's like I the didn't... worst movie they've seen. It's like it's it it is like a C tier, uh, like. I don't even know what you would call the genre, but like kind of like a high school thriller horror. That's kind of where you stood on it though, when you reviewed it. Yeah, like I I didn't hate it, but I did think it was pretty pointless. Mm. But it was like a nice little stylish whatever. Yeah, it was like a dessert. Uh, I I do like that. <laughs> I do like that uh, that Lakeith Stanfield is Stanfield or Wakefield. Stanfield. Stanfield. Good is actor. Getting crazy work. Mm-hmm. He's he plays uh, the counterpart to Light. Turner, not Yugami. I don't know anything you just said. <clears throat> Light, Light Turner is the main character. Okay. And so he plays, uh, like Keith Stanfield plays the counterpart. Okay. The guy trying to figure him out. Yeah. But, yeah, Death Note happened. I don't know if I'd recommend it to people. It's like, it's, it's, it's a stupid movie and it's fun to put on in the background. Just as like a, if you think the plot's interesting, there are two other vehicles that tell the story with that plot better. Um, which might be what you're getting at, David. Are you both <clears throat> familiar with the the story before the movie? Yes. Yeah. Um, I always ask this for things I know nothing about. Um, would you would you would you think someone would like it more or less having no knowledge of the? Is it manga? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would it be more appealing to someone like me or someone like you guys? I think it. I think that the novelty is so good that someone who hasn't read or seen the anime because um, it's both manga and anime uh, would probably like it more someone who hasn't right okay but someone who hasn't read or seen will have zero exposure to it have no reason to turn it on mm-hmm. which would be another another well, the, similarity about, to Dark Tower <laughs> I almost said the the cover still for Death Note on Netflix is really intriguing mm-hmm. which this is just the pretty, apple it's the apple with like the demon tree guy holding yeah. it but it's uh, it's super important for Netflix releases, I think. Yeah. To have a good cover still. Yeah. I think I'm going to ask you that same question again in two movies. So, <laughs> keep, feel free to continue. Uh, I'm going to go quickly through this next one. I saw What Happened to Monday, another Netflix original. With I'm excited to see that. Numi Rapace. I think that Rapace. We're, we're all Numi fans. Yeah. She's really good in it. Um, it's a very similar role to uh, Lisbeth Salander in that she's like anti-authority. Um, she plays seven sisters. So she is on screen all the time in this two-hour movie. Like Orphan Black style. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's And, you know, Tatiana Maslany gets a lot of love for what she does on Orphan Black. Like, why are people not saying, like, this is incredible? Like, Nini Rufas had to, had to have been filming for months to get this down well. And it is. And it's, it's, it's seamless. I know that, you know, we're past the days of, like, Friends where they would use, like, a bad stand-in with a shitty wig to look like... You know Phoebe's twin, yeah. But uh, you know it's it's really good, and it's just it's a fun action movie. Again, I'm a sucker for sci-fi premises. Um, if you don't know, it's about it's in the future. You're only allowed to have one child, and there's a child registration act. And if they find siblings, they detain them and they lock them in like cryo storage until they've sorted out the world's food problems. I have three Willem Dafoe movies on here, uh, and <laughs> yeah. Willem Dafoe father's septuplets because they had just solved an infertility problem in the world but that made everyone have like tons of children lots of triplets septuplets quadruplets lots of duplicates so it's them trying to subvert kind of the authority around that but it's good Hmm. cool i've been intrigued by it yeah same i also watched power rangers the 2017 movie uh power rangers is okay i didn't hate it i didn't love it it's just troublesome i remember tj saying that like 
he doesn't know. It was on T.J. Brent said that, that you don't know who the movie was made for. Yeah, T.J. Like it kind of disrespects the original Power Rangers properties, and it also disrespects your face as a movie watcher <laughs> by being bad with acting and everything. The, all the shit around the quarry, like pre them becoming Power Rangers, is so awful. It's really bad. The high school drama part of it is really bad. Yeah. As soon as they get their powers, though, I started to like it. Like, that's when I switched. Yeah. Once they, like, find it, and Bill Hader is great as a, you know... Alpha. A, you know... Zordon! <laughs> yeah. He's, he's perfect as Alpha. Brian Cranston is a mean Zordon, which, whatever. Yeah, I can see where they were trying to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a meme Zordon. He's like, I can have cheeseburgers. <laughs> Kill Rita Repulsa. He's like, just always like, you mad. Yeah. I love that these the, little the shades memes come down. that you two went to. <laughs> the oldest memes. Like, like eight, seven years ten ago. Year old memes. Yeah. Dancing baby. Rainbow cat. <laughs> Rainbow cat. Oh, wow. <laughs> we can't go older and dance a baby. But yeah, it is okay. Uh, I didn't really like it that much, but when they when they do hit the intro, and I know that it's, I mean, it's weird for them to do it, but like, you know, the intro to Power Rangers TV show, you know, was all them like doing like fake karate and bad stuff. And then it would show kind of like the Zords, like kind of all coming in the screen at once with the music. Mm-hmm. They do that exact scene basically in the movie, but like in the back half of Act 3. And it's like... It's that pang of nostalgia that's like, if I had to answer the question, why was this made? Like, that's why it was made. It was made for people like me who wanted a, a, an update on Power Rangers. Yeah. And... See it with good graphics. Yeah. See it with good graphics. cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't understand the... What's his name? Golthazar? Uh, Goldar. Goldar. How why they did his... They made his character pretty much like a giant... Tylos. Yeah. Robot. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's... The whole part of Goldar was he was like dumb. And like a henchman. Yeah, his his main trait was like he was super loyal. I was like, I know you haven't watched this shit. Shut up. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Banks is mysterious. Is like I don't understand why she was cast as Rita Repulsa. She's not good. It is a very poor choice. Maybe she did it because she like she wants her kids to watch Power Rangers or wanted to be in a family friendly movie instead of a movie about like the dick and fart jokes. I did like uh, her like she needs to find gold to build Goldar. That's the the plot of the movie pretty much and yeah. she just goes to like this little tiny jewelry store she's like do you have gold and it's like what the fuck why is this a movie keep pointing David that but yeah don't see it unless you like really want to see something Power Rangers I also think it's one of those where like I know looking back at the live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies that they're not good movies but I liked them because of when I saw them and how I felt about them and because it was just when you're a kid there are no bad movies but even when I was watching Power Rangers as a kid I knew I was watching a bad television show yeah and looking back on it and watching I've seen some of the new episodes of Power Rangers just like out of curiosity like it's still fucking bad so that someone would be like we're gonna take a shot we're gonna like revamp Power Rangers it's like Maybe it's the truest adaptation they could do. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's 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 just as bad as the other ones. We like, need to make it shitty. Yeah, I didn't go into it expecting like, oh, this is gonna be a cool reboot. It was just like, it's gonna be bad like the rest of them. Uh, I saw the Great Wall. What are you guys on? <laughs> the worst movie of the year so far. Do you guys, do we all not listen to each other for some of the shit? <laughs> like so many people seeing Mike and Dave need wedding dates. <laughs> 
they, they Power spent, Rangers like, are going through. They spent multiple episodes trashing that, or not trashing, but just like not giving enthusiastic reviews of Nerve, and then I just go watch Nerve immediately, <laughs> immediately I'm after. Surprised they, I didn't see it this week. <laughs> yeah, I'd much rather watch a, some a movie that y'all call bad than a movie y'all call mediocre. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to watch a middling movie. Anyway, how's the Great Wall? Unfortunately, <laughs> I have this plate. I watched the Great Wall because I'd heard TJ describe it as the worst movie of the year, and I was like, I gotta see how bad it is, and it's bad. <laughs> I don't think it's my worst movie of the year. What would that be? Small Crimes, the Nicholas Nikolai Kosterwalda one that I talked uh, right. about here. Yeah, that was stupid. I was my least favorite is still War Machine. That's, I it's called that. He called it. Yeah. I, I told TJ last night that the reason why Bears. I liked it, yeah, it it it's got to be on the list because it's one of the few I couldn't fucking finish. <laughs> Twenty minutes into that, and I was like, I can't listen to him talk anymore. I well, just can't. Have you seen it. The Great Wall? No. Matt Damon's accent is. Oh, he does an accent. He does an accent. Oh. Is, it, is it South African? No, it's it's from a place that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's just like hello. It's like, <laughs> it's Aust- but it's, it's also it's like Australian. It's, he also like kind of grumbles, so he's like hello, like oh, like not like ex- not Asian sounding. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be great. It's like, <laughs> He's like, the other people were like, you know, we're Asian. We know what Asian words are. <laughs> but it's just like weird, like Dutch, kind of German, but sometimes French. It's like, like Joey speaking French. <laughs> but it's, it's strange. But the reason why I like this movie better than Small Crimes is this movie had ambition. Like it was a scale that Small Crimes, even like the, the titles you know, are telling in how, what what kind of story they wanted to tell. But, you know, it's a visual spectacle in The Great Wall. Pedro Pascal's in it. it, He's good. You know, Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe's his role. You know, everything he does is Willem Dafoe to the nth degree. This is just really just a continuation of uh, Antichrist. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he would have directed this movie. But the the big big, uh, fight scenes are cool to watch, so... It gets points for that. It's just the plot is so like say it out loud, dumb. It's like, yep, every January thirtieth, every sixteen uh, years, dragon dogs run at the wall. Please, they're the Taute. They're dragon dogs. So a meteor hit just beyond uh, northern China <laughs> and makes a mountain glow green. And an emperor of China decided that they would um, mine all of this meteor, but. In order to punish the greed of that emperor, the Tao Te attack a Madri Tao Te. They attack northern China, and so they built the Great Wall and the real defenses quick. around it. Just built that wall real quick. What? They oh yeah. The wall real oh quick. yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, oh no, they're coming. Yeah, the they, they did make it seem like they had 16 years between the first attack and when it got built the first time. Yeah, and it's like, first of all, not what the Great Wall looks like. Yeah, that is not. The Great Wall at all today, but it's an interesting fantasy version of it. I think for fun next week on the podcast, uh, just for uh, again, we should you guys should make me uh, re-describe the plot of the Great Wall. <laughs> Are you going to watch this? No, because but, so just based on this, just based on this, I'll be like, there are some dogs, maybe. <laughs> oh, that's not the plot. That's the backstory. <laughs> the plot is they fight no. the dogs. <laughs> That's the origin story. So yeah, there are dogs. <laughs> anyway, 
Don't worry. I'm 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 ready to move on from the Great Wall. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't want to extend that too much. Two movies with Game of Thrones actors. Oh, I watched Rememory. I heard that's decent. It is decent. Dinklage, right? Yeah. So it's in the future. It's kind of like Eternal Sunshine. In the future, a company has made a machine that will take painful memories out of your brain forever. And then it's kind of about this Apple-like company and Steve Jobs-like figure kind of crashing and the founder dying and kind of investigating who, what people were close to him using the machine that can play back these memories and kind of piecing it together with this like list of suspects. Um, and Peter Dinklage is like an architect who's like curiously involved. But it's good. Peter Dinklage is great. I mean, I think that the answer to my Ken Game of Thrones cast act is like, Number one is Peter Dinklage, and fucking yeah, he can act. Sure. Um, Movie's a little <clears throat> miserable, but I remember him first from The Station Agent. Yeah, me too. That's the first thing I saw him in. Pixels is great. Can we get back on Pixels stuff? <laughs> David, have you seen Pixels? No. Do you remember how much we liked it, right? Yeah. Let me tell you about Pixels, I remember man. you guys talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> The other one that I saw was Resident Evil Last Chapter. Uh, uh, Jorah Mormont, Ian Banks? Glenn. Ian Glenn. Ian Glenn is in it. Resident Evil: The Last Chapter seems crazy to me because I haven't seen the last two. I was thinking the movie was Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. <laughs> oh, it is the final chapter. Like, yeah. Whoa, crossover! Um, it's another Resident Evil movie. It's it's bad. Jorah was in the first one. Yeah, he plays the same person in all of them. He's Doctor something. Doctor Isaac. Acula. That that worked out well. <laughs> I kind of wish that weren't the case. <laughs> you play different people. <laughs> it shows up as a different character. Well, it's got like a fake nose and a mustache and glasses. I still think one of the best fake doctor names is from Scrubs when they have their running Dr. Acula things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Spaceman. There's Spachemin. <laughs> Leo Spachemin. There's a, with the Dracula thing, there's a funny Rick and Morty bit. They do like an after credits thing every time. Do you watch Rick and Morty, David? No. Um, but where there's like there's vampires who invade Morty's school, and uh, one of them is Coach Dracula, just like that's that's his like human name. And at the end, it shows like you know the head vampire being like, "Can we pick better fucking names, Coach Dracula? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> but yeah, Resident Evil Final Chapter is bad. And if you like the if you're entertained by the idea of an actor playing a different character than he started in, this movie has clones in it. So. There's, there's lots of twists involving like, oh, but he was actually the clone. Very soap opera. Then TJ and I attempted to watch, or TJ attempted to watch, and I c- completed the watch of The Little Hours. You know what that is? The Nuns? I yeah. really wanted to see that. Yeah. It looked really funny. It did look funny. It is funny. It's like, it's it's weird. It's it's very earnest in its uh, love story kind of amongst the nuns and Dave Franco. It has like a tender love scene in the middle of like... Uh, Two of the three main nuns, Aubrey Plaza, Alison Brie, Brie, and, and uh, Kate Kuchi. Yeah. <clears throat> and they're all really funny. I mean, the funniest parts of it are... There is one male outside of John C. Riley, who's like the head parishioner, um, who's kind of the groundskeeper, and they just uh, like verbally abuse the shit out of him. And so those are really like the the very funny moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Offerman's really funny. Yeah, plays like a libertarian of the tops. <laughs> yeah, it's real funny. But it's 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 amusing. It's not anywhere to stream right now. We we ponied up and bought it for like four bucks to rent. And the last movie I saw, I saw the Hitman's Bodyguard. How was that? It's not good. Why'd you do that? <laughs> it looked fun. Yeah, but was it's it not was it not fun? Even no. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. You know, Sam Jackson, Ryan Reynolds was a couple that never really needed to be paired up in a buddy cop action movie. It's just 
gore for the sake of gore. Um, just re- real, real dumb movie. What they need is like a some sort of cinematic universe where it's shared, with shared characters <laughs> that can somehow get them together at some point. <laughs> that would be nice. Hmm. But maybe uh, they can be in dark universe. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was originally just thinking of like Green Lantern and Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's a hugely popular Marvel movie. Well, Deadpool's not part of the thing, though, right? No, it's no. X Men. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Selma Hayek plays a really troubled, troubling character. She's Sam Jackson's love, uh, but she's in prison the whole time, and just lots of lots of prison jokes coming from her. Lots of like drop the soap and lots of Ugh. you know like mm. just it's relevant. Lots of, lots of her like like bullying her cellmate and like calling her her bitch and making her like That's unattractive uh, fat cellmate like stand, Classic. stand in the corner. And just like it's just just it's just stupid. Does she make booze in the toilet? <laughs> no. No. She no. They missed out on that one. <laughs> Gary Oldman's in it. That's way too like <laughs> new for the instead it's it's like jokes where she like she's got like a little tin cup and she just rattles along the, the bars probably. I think she does. <laughs> like the exterior window bars. Uh, yeah, Gary Oldman's in it. He plays the I guess we said we would do this and I always forget and then do it halfway through my description. But uh, Ryan Reynolds is a security officer <laughs> who protects high-value people. Uh, Sam Jackson is a hitman who has information about a dictator from a country who's being tried in Gen- at Geneva, in The Hague. So he's being tried as a war criminal. And Sam Jackson is willing to turn state's evidence to get... Not, it's not state's evidence, I guess world's evidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to free Selma Hayek. So Ryan Reynolds has to escort to The Hague. Ugh, that hi- sounds awful. Hijinks really in between. It's lots of just like stupid one-upsmanship that they do, and a lot of the I don't know what you call the device when it's just like you know two people having a conversation and being like, oh, but I knew you'd do that, so I did this. Like I knew that you knew that I did that, so I did this to counteract what you would do. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of that that happens like in their pithy dialogue. It's, and it's just Death Note. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. It's not very huh. fulfilling. And Ryan Reynolds isn't really that. Funny. This seemed like a fun premise, on at least to me. Yeah. Well, that'd be, that's why I watched like mismatched buddy cop action in like the midnight run in vain. Mm-hmm. You could always have something like that, and I'd be entertained most of the time. Did um was there any other soundtrack numbers from the Bodyguard? That's <laughs> out of there. <laughs> no. Were there any playable? Uh, were there any <laughs> uh, stages from Hitman? Well, I mean, they are in Geneva. I bet I bet they go to the International Criminal Court in the <laughs> Hitman series at Probably. some point. But yeah, so that was 25 hours of my life over the past two weeks. <laughs> say, doggy talk, where we spend like 30 seconds on The Shining and 20 minutes on The Great Wall and the Hitman's body. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Wall again. <laughs> we came back. We re- <laughs> Let's rediscuss The Great Wall. No, just wait. That that is on. That's available on Voodoo, right? Yes. It is. Oh, it's purchased. Good to know. Somebody spent fifteen dollars on that movie. They may or may not be related to me. Brent, if you don't watch The Great Wall, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> David's gonna leave the podcast. <laughs> Did you watch anything good? We told. We said we would interrupt him. Survivor started. Survivor. 
Did you watch it? Really, just yeah. I have it on the DVR, but we haven't gotten around to it yet. It's we're intending to watch the new season's concept is healers versus Steelers, hustlers (laughs) versus heroes. Heroes, yeah, heroes, hustlers, and Pittsburgh Steelers versus doctors. Yeah, healers, heroes, and hustlers, and nobody cares. Yeah, they're they're just vamping. (laughs) Hustlers versus wrestlers. But yeah, really, just uh, start watching if you want to hear us talk about it. We'll we'll recap most episodes, mainly after the merge. It's in in about a month. It's a dumb theme for this season, and the sooner they can dissolve those drugs and move into other things, the better. Yeah, I will say the first episode. uh, Take your advice on the. Immunity idol. Yeah, they, they had a immunity idol in the first episode that was only available for that episode. Which and is it could cool. be played after those are read, which is neat. I hope they introduce more of those throughout the season. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Let us know you had said a lot about that last, yeah. last season. I will also say that the first episode had my one of my favorite all-time Jeff Probst burns. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> was, uh, there are three tribes all rowing in boats trying to get to a finish line, and... Uh, the first two tribes are like pretty neck and neck, and he's basically says like Team A in the lead, Team B right behind him, and Team C not quite sure what game they signed up for. Yeah, it's just they're like going I the laughed, opposite way. I laughed harder when they finally got to shore though; their boat was backwards, and then people were facing each other <laughs> like they have no idea how boats work, <laughs> which is going to be a problem because there's lots of boat rowing. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's you look at like like the. The physical, the physicality of the heroes team and the healers team, and you're just like, all right, like they're good. The the hustlers team before the merge is just gonna get crushed. Yeah, yeah, they're just so tiny. I did like a surfer guy though, who's like mind blown by literally everything that happens. The guy was like, I found this idol. He was just like, you found it. <laughs> like didn't even mean anything for him. He was so excited that he was looking at it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. This could. It's too early to see if this is gonna be. A good season or not, but yeah. I already have two characters that I hate. I don't know their names yet, but I know I hate them. It's the, I think the guy who's obviously trying to be Tony, the probation officer yeah. in the healers, healers tribe, yes, yes, and the football player yes. in the heroes tribe. <laughs> those, yeah. those are the two. Yes, Alan, Alan Ball, former Chicago Bear. Sorry, Brian, is uh, just such a bad. Doesn't know how to play player. the game. Yeah, he's so bad. He just like <laughs> he made somebody. He made somebody strip to prove they didn't have an idol on the first <laughs> night of the show, and then they and they did, and he was like, "You still got it." <laughs> Oh, no. I've never seen I've never seen utter paranoia strike somebody so quickly in the game as it did him. Anyway, night two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to go on too long about Survivor. Yeah. That's all the time we got, right? Sure. <laughs> what you got, David? What you got, David? Uh, I didn't watch any movies, but I watched a couple TV shows. Sweet. Let's touch on a couple of them. I started watching The Deuce. Ooh, I was going to watch that. Recently. No, I'm thirty minutes into the first episode. I think. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a David Simon George Pelicanos joint about 1971 New York in the sex trade porno industry in Times Square. All of that I didn't start watching for a couple weeks in because it just felt from the outside like a tough watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is a tough watch, but it's also just a joy to spend time in David Simon esque characters yeah like them talking to each other and it does the wire thing where it throws you in the middle of it you don't know everybody's relationship or some of the stuff they're talking about but i'd say if you can give it like try to just like do two episodes um i think the first one may be extra long but the first one's just like really it's really slice of life 
dropping you in the middle of it. The rest of them are more plot and character driven, mm-hmm. I think. But they're still just like, this is an hour of what just happens to these people. Rather than, this is our episode about so-and-so or whatever. Right. It's really good. And uh, and uh, James Franco's really good in a thing that he could have gone off the deep end. <laughs> where he's like, I got a mustache and I'm playing twins. <laughs> We're both having French accents. <laughs> but uh, he's really good. He's really grounded and uh, does a great job in it. Maggie Jills is in it. She's really good. She kind of has a heartbreaking character. Um, Method Man is a pimp in it. So he's got nice and Method Man's a pimp and he's in the deuce. Yeah. Well, it's, he was in The Wire, right? Was he Cheese yeah. in The Wire? Or was he... Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, he was Cheese. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but it's a show about sex on HBO and it doesn't feel exploitative. Hmm. Like, it's not really titillating as much as, like, it's what these people do. Yeah. Some of them are proud of it. Some of them are um, exploited by other characters, but it doesn't feel exploitative, hmm. which is a tough line. Yeah, that's we'll, good. We'll have to wait for that, uh, that <laughs> the historicity of the uh, Civil War for true exploitation. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I watched, it's coming back on, is Nathan For You. Which I think is one of the funniest shows on television. It is funny. Always makes me gut laugh. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's a show on Comedy Central. It's Nathan Fielder, this guy who is like a John Taffer for businesses, comes Mm -hmm. in and improves your business. He had some things that go like a little viral, and then you figure out afterwards it was him. There's a thing called Dumb Starbucks, where in order to avoid like copyright or uh, trademarks, is they have do a uh, transformative interpretation, so they're dumb Starbucks and they give away everything for free. They had a place with poo-flavored ice cream <laughs> to drum up some stuff. And they also had one, it was a famous one where, like, a baby lamb saves a pig in, like, a pond. It was, like, a viral <laughs> cute animal thing, but they, they staged it for some business. Huh. And he's just, Nathan Fielder is absolutely dry. Yeah. And just rings out entire, like... 10 seconds of silence that just has me gut laughing. Nice. It's really good. Nice. It's not really cringe comedy. I think it's straight up comedy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think I think that he has a sense of humor about it and he's that, that's a bit he's playing. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I did not know it was a thing. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's starting up now and if you can check out older stuff I highly recommend it. Cool. And uh, it's almost spoiler alert telling you some of the stuff that happens because it's like a uh, old school Simpsons episode. Like they start with the premise and then it like goes off in these little tangents. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them I just don't want to spoil, especially the one that starts off this week. It has to do with uh, a Michael Richards impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's That's really fun. fun. I'm kind of excited about that. Other than that, I saw some dumb MTV stuff. Yeah, I watched that. Are You The One? I was going to say, Are You The kicked off? Yeah, Are You The One kicked off, and it is the most irritating cast I have seen. They're pretty rough. The main character is almost this guy, Malcolm. He's like, am I a player? I don't think I'm a player. And then, like, after having sex with this one girl, he goes to the bathroom and then has sex with another girl. <laughs> he's like, man, life is crazy. <laughs> uh, who, are, who are your two favorites? Uh, well, my favorite guy is Evan. Yeah. The, the white rapper guy. Yeah. He's just very self-effacing. Yeah. he's He definitely does not play confidence well, um, despite... I mean, it looks like he's performed to, like, like large crowds, mm-hmm. um, like thousands of people, um, but he cannot speak to other human beings in a relatable way. He's one of my favorites, and I really like Joe. Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, Jehovah's Witness turned uh, pot grower. Yeah. <laughs> 
But they had the biggest thing is they had a change in host. Ryan Devlin, the you know talking douchebag, yeah, is gone, and now they got Terrence J. Yeah, the silent douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little more engaging. Yeah, he seems to care more about them making matches and less just delivering scripted lines. And no, not as much of uh, you guys are playing with your heads. You need to play with your hearts. And then like a week later, you guys are playing with your hearts. You got to play this game with your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see what pairs change up next week. One of the characters after the the matching ceremony, because they got four beams, so four out of 11. But they always do pretty well the first match, just because statistically they will. Right. Um, and then they fuck it up. From there. <laughs> then they fuck it up from there, because in the second week, they always go, well, I was sitting next to the person that I'm going to fall in love with. So I was one of those beams. Mm-hmm. But like eight couples think that. Yeah. So they're going to change the three who are like, I don't know, I kind of like this person, so I picked them. They're the ones who are the actual matches right. and they're going to like make them switch around and they'll probably black out soon which means they lose half a million dollars from their prize pool uh, if they get zero matches this is the single greatest source of information though yeah. having a blackout uh, besides that I, I did sample there's been so many commercials for it 90's house uh oh it's not very good okay there's a bunch of like millennials are forced to go into a 1990's house without social media and iPhones and Instagram and stuff but they still have like cable so it's okay. They still have like an iMac. <laughs> like, yeah. And they got like AOL and they got boom boxes. So they just stuff. have slow internet. Oh. Yeah. AOL loses its luster if there's nobody else in the chat rooms. <laughs> there are a lot of people in the chat rooms. They're just all sexual predators. <laughs> but you could like pick up your email. You just use a AOL web browser. It's 56k modem. I guess like... But Lance Bass is there yelling things at them. Yeah, Lance Bass is turned up to 10 on that show. <laughs> trying to be exciting. It's uh, maybe it's just not interesting for me because it's like Bad. how crazy is it for someone to live like that and say, "Well, we all live like that." <laughs> my, I refused. Kelly was like, "Should we DVR?" I'm like, "No, it looks too bad. I'm not. I don't want to watch it." And I think she might have watched an episode, but I was immediately turned off when someone like the the trailer was like in the trailer. There's one character who's like, "I love my technology." Mm-hmm. I love Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and it, like it's like that's not technology. Like, <laughs> sure, it, it is. It is technology. But to like, be fair, that guy does walk into the house on a hoverboard with like the uh, the Snapchat shades. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. I fucking hate people. <laughs> but like, you know, I love technology. Like MRIs. <laughs> like, yeah. Those are really important to the world. Microwaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all I watched, though. So. Oh, and I finished playing Life is Strange. Oh, nice. Um, it was really good. Yeah. I've, I've seen a playthrough of it. Um, did, you, uh, did, you, did you figure it all out? Yeah. Did you, did you feel comfortable with the choice you made at the end? Yeah, as much as you can. Yeah. I'll, it gives you the statistics at the very end. and it's I like really like that. 52-48. They say, like, a perfect ending, like, for um, Telltale Games and stuff. Is when you have a 50-50 kind of thing at the end. Is it spoiling it to say what the choice is between? Um, kind of. Okay. Are we doing Breezy? Yeah. Breezy on the Streets? Yeah, anyone got Ooh. any Breezy they want to talk about? Uh, yes, there's a, apparently a sequel to Coming to America that's in development. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, uh, I forget the woman's name who's writing it, but apparently Eddie Murphy is, uh, is involved. Uh, also next week we're getting the director's cut of The Great Wall. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding up for the I'm holding up for the ultimate cut. The ultimate cut, yeah. It's gonna be the next Blade Runner. 
Non-racist. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just haven't seen the. We have. We need to. We need to see the it all like fourteen different ways to decide which. I want to see it without the narrator. Yeah, <laughs> the Great Wall, twenty forty nine. The next one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only thing that stuck out in my mind. That's it's interesting. I wonder if it's going to be like the next generation, sort of the next, like Eddie Murphy's son. Eddie Murphy is now James Earl Jones yeah. as the king, king of Zamunda, or Nambia. Yeah. <laughs> um, the son must uh, must maybe go go find a, a queen or daughter go find a, a prince or something that would be I just have uh, past is no predictor for movies there's sure. all kinds of stuff that work when it doesn't seem like they will yeah when there's a gap and there's a sequel to a comedy I just can't think of any movies that really nail that yeah besides Zoolander 2 for DJ um, didn't nail it it was not horrible it was horrible. <laughs> You're horrible. You didn't like the Great Wall. I, I, I like that. Eddie Murphy. Hate the coverage. Eddie Murphy will now hopefully be able to. He won't need as much makeup to play the old man in the barber shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he still will. We have to de-age him for that. I thought Eddie Murphy was kind of done acting. Is he coming back for this? Like, I don't know. I hope so. It's, you got to have him in it. I would think. He was in some movie last year that like. Was getting the faintest Oscar buzz in like March. Is that the one about the Mr. Church? The, yeah. Hmm. I'll watch it. Coming to America too. Yeah. I was trying to think of. Oh, it's called David's Going Back to America. <laughs> comedy sequels that took a pretty big break. Oh, I'm it's hard just because most sequels suck anyway. Generally, I mean, if you consider Grumpy Old Men a sequel to The Odd Couple, which it, it's not a direct sequel, but it's pretty much a Grumpy sequel. Grumpy Old Men. That is, definitely is. That, well, yep, to grumpy old man. Yeah, <laughs> grumpy old boys. <laughs> grumpy old man. We're losing <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, any other news? Super Nintendo, the mini SNES uh, is, is out. Uh, I saw some of the gameplay of Star Fox Two. Looks like a crazy game. It looks weird. It's <clears throat> you guys are familiar with Star Fox, yes? I never knew there was a Star Fox. <laughs> there wasn't. <laughs> Oh. It was in development and it was going to be released right around the end of the Super Nintendo's lifespan. Hmm. And they told them to update it to the Nintendo 64 or it doesn't come out. Oh. And so development stopped on it and just never picked back up. But it was basically a finished game on the Super Nintendo. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so so on, the, on the mini SNES or the SNES Classic, it is the first release of a game that's like 20 years old. Wow. Um, That's neat. So there's a really funny thing happening because games journalists don't really know how to cover it because it's not yeah. like it's a new release, yeah. but it's not like a new game at all. Like the development team for Star Fox Two found out like after the fact that Star Fox Two would be included in this, and they were like, "Oh, that's really cool and unexpected." But it's like a real, it's kind of like a, a real time strategy game where you have like your solar system set out and you have to like prioritize targets because Andros is attacking Corneria. I just never played them, so you oh. said that it sounded like made up words to me. Oh, maybe. That's why I asked about Slippy Frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can choose between like eight different characters. It's just I don't know. It's it's strange. I, I'm I really want to get one because I want to try it out. What's up? No, I'll just say, can you play as Carl? <laughs> Show him the car box. <laughs> no, but you can't play as the Geico Gecko. <laughs> Don't want to go ahead and talk about what we want to watch and y'all have more news. Uh, so we got a pretty good weekend. Yet the uh, Blade Runner is coming out. Big release. Which one? Twenty forty nine. That one. Do you have to um, see the other two thousand forty Blade Runner movies? <laughs> the Mountain Between Us, I think, looks pretty 
Yeah. Interesting. Idris Elba, Kate Winslet, Crash in the Mountain, have to eat each other. Um, <laughs> Malibu Pony, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. Real banger. Plot. <laughs> <laughs> Crash in um, Mountain. I think that's it for wide releases. Those are the only three wide releases. Um, I will say before we go around and I'll say Blade Runner, <laughs> um, the Florida Project is got a limited release this week. And it's uh, early love for Willem Dafoe as the best supporting actor. Oscar nominee. I think it, I read that it's one. It's going to be one of A24's big pushes this year. Yeah. For award season. So. Mm-hmm. That studio does good work, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I don't know, interesting looking movie. Chris and I watched the trailer somewhat recently. But I'd like for, I'd like for it to be the year for those actors that don't have any, any award love to, to get it. I like that. Um, like Oldman. Oldman is getting hour. a big push in the darkest hour. I'd love for Gary Oldman and Willem Dafoe to get Oscars this year, though. I love those guys. And I'm just high five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> People aren't sure what to think about us, but yeah, I, don't, I really do want to see the map between us. But yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the reviews it's getting, it's hard to ignore. I would definitely want to go see that. Yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine for me. Blade Runner twenty forty nine for me. Blade Runner twenty forty nine for me. That was boring. So two thousand forty. Nobody picked oh, my little. Cool. Nobody picked my little party the movie. Well, that's the thing. It's clear because we're not trying to out ourselves as creeps. <laughs> I'm looking ahead. Like we're next- already outed. Next week is going to be an interesting one. Sorry, the week after mm-hmm. the one we just talked about. There's some interesting titles: Jackie Chan's The Foreigner, Happy Death Day. Um, Happy Death Day. Those both look fun. Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Oh, those look good. No Malone, and then um, No Malone. Marshall. I don't know what Marshall is. It's the like, Chadwick Boseman, Josh yeah. Gad movie. Did Josh Gad drop a D from his name? I don't know why I thought it was two Ds. All right, we got to end this episode of fucking yeah, horrible. That's a. Unless <laughs> anybody wants to talk more about the Great Wall. I feel like David's going to try to pay me to edit this one. <laughs> <laughs> this was Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Connect with us on Twitter and Gmail and Facebook. We got a Facebook page. <laughs> 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 we would love to hear from you for podcast topics things to do you can subscribe give us a rating and engage with us we want to say thanks to the Willow Walkers for the intro music and we want to say thanks to Boo Reefa for the outro music thanks. and uh, thanks to you for putting up with whatever version this turns out to be <laughs> bye kicking rocks down old dusty roads Small town slowpokes Long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know Cowabunga, dude Alright Beep